We're switching it up from the apartment today and are honored to be in the 1035 KTU New York studio, joined by one of the most prominent New York neighbors to everyone, the one and only Carolina Bermudez. Besides being the morning show co-host of 1035's Cubby and Carolina in the morning, Carolina can literally be seen everywhere from the Today <laughs> Show to the talk, dishing on pop culture and your favorite celebrities. And as a powerful Nicaraguan American advocate, she also gives her time back to the community and also started a podcast with 1051's Honey German, aptly titled Life in Spanglish. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. And she also has two beautiful children that both know Spanish and English and a hot husband. Oh, and a hot husband. Can I have you so, guys do this introduction always for me? That's like beautiful. We, we try. We try. But welcome, Carolina. Thank we you. are so, so happy Yay. to be speaking with you today. you not going to lie. You've been on our list. Oh, yeah. I'm so Since glad. day one. Yes. D does anybody else clap for themselves like I just did? Or is <laughs> you that might like be awkward? The first. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, yay for me. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Hercules. We <laughs> no, you have been someone that I've always talked to Bevan about, that I've looked oh. up to your prowess, the way that you've just paved your way through everything that you've done. Oh. And not only that, you're a very real chill cool person oh. that you know is supportive of women so it's someone that we like that's what we believe in so we're getting we're just really excited well to have thank you. you I'm humbled honestly that is so kind of you I mean I got the chance to meet you Brittany years ago when I was doing a television show and it was such an incredible experience I was on a radio show for a long time and then I decided to take on TV and I got to meet so many wonderful people that I've maintained contact with. So you were one of them. And I I do have to say, you're one of the best experts we had on the show. Whoa. We would always say whenever Britney's coming in, we'd be like, okay, it's fine. She, she's got it handled. I you feel know. like Britney's stage mom when it yes. comes to this stuff. I, I get so proud. She really is fantastic at her job. Seriously. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. Guys. So Britney's <laughs> been raving about you for months, like Aww. we said. And all that you do in a day. And before we get to the present and what you're doing now, okay. we want to learn a little bit more about the transitions and how you curated this spectacular life that you have oh, now. Oh, gosh. Okay. So <laughs> you moved to L.A. to initially be an actress, right? I did. I did. Um, I graduated from Arizona State, and I graduated with a degree in broadcasting, and that's when I broke it to my parents that I was going to be an actress. And they were like, we just got done paying for college, and now all of a sudden you want to be like on TV. But no, I did. I moved to L.A. in two thousand and um, I think primarily it was to become a host and to do things like on the e-network but I also did want to try to dabble in acting it was probably one of the best learning experiences of my life I got to learn a lot about the industry yeah I got to learn a lot about being a Latina in Hollywood and how difficult it would be for me to even break in at that point at that point it's things think are so it. different now back yes. then you had to be you know just kind of like never called in right well no you know what it was it was the types of jobs that I was mm. getting called in for so it was either prostitute gang member I'm not even kidding no, you. no, no cleaning I lady um I remember in one audition particularly the casting person said to me your English is so good. Oh, my God. And I said, well, yeah, I was born and raised in Ohio. They said, but you're Spanish? And I was like, well, actually, no, I'm not Spanish. I'm Nicaraguan. But, you know, and then I felt like 
there needs to be an education like there need you need to educate people and I think the way to do that is to give them information you know so I never hold it against that particular casting director but I think that it was an eye-opening experience for both of us that's probably a patience you have to learn over time too, yeah right I definitely mean, I can imagine my first sensing would be like are you fucking kidding me like don't well, it was almost, I thought she was joking at first because I thought to myself, well, wait a minute, the audition didn't call for me to be particularly like, you know, uh, to have a heavy Spanish accent or anything like that. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I was taken aback and then I thought about it and I was like, you know, this is, this is an opportunity to teach someone like there, there aren't only Mexicans in LA, you know, there, we we're everywhere in the United States. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was an eye opener. Yeah. I try to think about that now when it comes to political stuff too, like instead of reacting with some sort of immediate anger, mm-hmm. which is our instinct absolutely, to start to be, to approach it with a little bit of curiosity. Like, let me ask you a couple questions and let me figure out where you're coming from and see if I can help provide more information for you. Right. right? No, I think the base of a lot of people's opinions is really ignorance because if you don't know something you don't know it and so you can't fault somebody for not knowing but it's a matter of whether or not that person wants to learn so So you know I think that we need to be open to that but yeah if you think about it it was 19 years ago yeah wow where are you know what I mean and now you're looking at people like you look at Jane the Virgin that show you know with a lead Latina and you look at all of these different opportunities that have come about and you know you look at Sofia Vergara being the highest paid Latina TV actress and you know so um we've definitely made strides and I think that you know we're on our way I love that yeah so cool I love that and so then from LA you moved to Miami yes well no to be fair I will tell you the truth from LA the final like step for me my my parents were like we are not helping you out with rent anymore you need to figure this out so I moved back home to Ohio for a couple of months oh that's humbling and I was literally in my parents living room on monster.com looking for any type of job you're like I'll take it whatever it is just get me out of here like yeah yeah yeah, because I mean there are a lot of people who are might be listening to your podcast they might be millennials they might be living at home with their mom or dad or think they're a failure and it was like it was a necessary step for me to take I did it too to plan exactly but it's like you have to be honest about things you know and so when I was at home in Ohio searching for another job I got a two-week freelance PR gig in Miami for the Latin Billboard Awards I think it was and I basically was like a handler Mm. for some of the celebrities and I was checking people in to one of the conferences and that was in Miami, and that is where I met Eric V and Nick V from the Baker Boys. And that's how my radio career started. I always give them the credit because they were checking in, and we just small talk. And I remember hearing them when I was a kid in San Francisco. My brothers loved listening to their mixes. And I said, you're the Baker Boys. Oh, my gosh, I have your mixes on, like, cassette tapes at home. Yes. And they said, they go, uh, they go, have you ever worked in radio? And I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to work in TV. And they said, no, you have a really great voice. You should think about radio. And I said, oh, no, maybe. And um, that's when Eric said to me, look, I'm not trying to hit on you. If you ever want to learn, you know, come to our studio and we'll give you everything that you need to know. Wow. And that's how my career started. That's amazing. Yeah, we were like, we wondered what that jump start was. Yeah. So it was literally making the relationship. Yes. And speaking to people. And like, 
It was really being open. And, you know, to be truthful, I was on the uh, campus radio station at ASU. So that was a part of it. I was also on the TV station uh, at Arizona State. So it wasn't that radio wasn't ever a thought for me. It was just that I was more focused on television. You know, that's the reason why I went out to L.A. And that's really kind of what I wanted to break into. Um, But they provided me with an opportunity that completely changed my life. And it was from a conversation. But also you had the hustle to take yourself there, to show up for the job. Oh, yeah. It's not something that just fell into your lap. Like That's true. You were there. Yes, yes. And because they opened that door for me and because I took that step, it really did open my eyes to radio as an industry. And it and it was so funny that moment where everything all came together. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love music. I love talking. Like, how did I not ever think of doing like mornings or radio? You know what I mean? So it really was there conversation and their willingness to teach me because there are a lot of people in this industry that aren't willing to help. And that's where I think that we as women need to help each other because I never really had a woman mentor. It was always men. So now at this stage of my career, whenever an intern or somebody asks me for, you know, some advice or guidance, I feel like it's my duty to tell them the truth and give them the help that I was never given. I had to navigate this thing all on my own. You know, um, I did have some great mentors along the way, but most of them female. were men. Yeah. Most of them were. And I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. And most of them are men that I had wonderful platonic relationships with. It so there was happen. never anything like underlying, you know, especially now in this day of like me yes. too and, and all of this stuff, you know, I do have to say I've been very fortunate. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's lucky. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're hot too. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> Let's be honest. No, no, no. So, um, so yeah, they gave me an internship and they just basically said, we're not going to pay you, but you can come in every day and learn the ropes. Like you can learn what it takes to make a radio show. And I dove in, all in. And then I was found out by the HR department that I wasn't in college. So I was blackballed from the building. Oh, my god! They put my picture up at security and said, do not allow this girl in the building. But, like, I think that's just so telling of the passion that I had. You know what I mean? Like, I was not getting paid a dime. Right. Um, I was doing everything for these guys. Like, I was going to get their lunch. They were teaching me how to edit. I was going to get their coffee. They were teaching me about interviews. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like. Whatever you need to do. I was basically their bitch, but I was learning. You know what I mean? So it was just an incredible opportunity. And then um, I did begin my career at Y100 after that and that's where it all started that's awesome yeah I I love that (laughs) I I think that you know I I meet so many different young girls right now that Mm want to be in PR want to be in television but they don't really have that extra I guess that drive yeah that drive yeah yeah, to really put themselves out there and say you know this is hard work it's not just all you know roses and laughter it's not all glam it's not all beauty it's actually a lot that goes into making the radio show each morning putting it together mm-hmm. the hours the being tired all the behind the scenes oh, so yeah. you really have to have that in order to do and say the things you want to do well I think that a lot of the problem now is that you see the end product you only see the Instagram post or you only see the segment that's on television but you don't see the preparation and the planning you know uh, the coordinating of the products that you have to put together for that segment and make sure that it's like spring finds you know what I mean so it's like from your perspective uh Brittany you know um I think you have to be hungry yeah and you have to want it more than anybody else 
That's, that's really the key. And I, I heard this thing the other day. I was listening to a podcast, and the guy was saying, nobody wants to ever start anything because they don't want to look like they're at the beginning. They don't want to look silly. They don't want to just dive in. You're right. willing to just, like, show up, work for nothing, do all the dirty work, yeah. get the lunches, do the things like that to get to where you are. Well, nobody is perfect, and I think that that's the hard part, is that, like, you're seeing all of these people that are presenting something that is kind of, it's a false narrative, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, I've made a million mistakes within my, what, I'm trying to think, 16-year career. There are things that I wish I could go back and do over again, but you know what? It was it taught me something, you know? And I think that at the end of the day, when I look at where I am now, where I want to be in 10 years, because I do have other goals and other plans, I have to continue to let myself make those mistakes so that I can continue to learn. That's the only way you do it. Failure is a rite of passage. Absolutely. It's humbling. It is. It's humbling, but it's also just, you know, you have to be willing to kind of put yourself in that position. So I don't think a lot of people are willing to look like they have flaws. Right. And that's the problem. Have you listened to Brene Brown's? Uh, did you watch her Netflix documentary no. yet? You have to watch oh, it. Oh, I have to. You have to get, uh, I love watching documentaries, you guys. That's like my one thing. That's my jam. It's her, it's a talk that she does. So okay. it's not necessarily a documentary, but she said she meets with a lot of CEOs and giant companies and sits down and talks to them and tries to explain the connection between courage and vulnerability, uh-huh. how you can't detach them. And she's a doctor who spent years trying to disprove that courage and vulnerability were connected because she didn't want to be vulnerable. Wow. But she couldn't. The yeah. statistics, the data all came back and she couldn't deny it. And she was like, these things are hand in hand. And she said that she, when she talks to these CEOs, she tries to explain to them that failure is absolutely inevitable. It's going to happen. And they're like, okay, great, good, great. I hear But not you. to me. Yeah. They're like, great, great. I'm yeah. willing to risk failure. She goes, no, 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 no. You aren't hearing me. You are going to fail. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But everybody thinks, well, that will happen to everybody else except me. Right. You know? So, wow. I cannot wait. I'm okay, definitely. I need to write that down. <laughs> okay. We'll get that over to you for sure. <laughs> we wanted to know. So then in radio for many years, I think it was like seven and a half, almost eight years. Uh, with Z100. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which we'll get to in a yes, second. Yeah. But then got the opportunity to co-host... CBS's WLMY's WLMY, yeah, yeah. okay uh-huh. live from the couch correct amazing yeah absolutely incredible how was that for you like to get that call or like how did that all go down it was bittersweet I've told you kind of bits and pieces of the journey for me but you know I've said to you guys a couple of times that TV was always the end goal TV was always what I wanted to do. Even when I was met with this opportunity to learn radio, I was like, oh, no, well, I'm going to be in TV. So in the back of my mind, I always had that drive or that passion. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be on daytime television. Like, this is just what it is. Like, you know, I'll do radio. I can do both. Like, at a certain point in time, I thought I could do it all, right? My agent called me and said, there's an opportunity for a television show that is going to be local It's exactly what you want to do, but it's between 7 and 9 a.m. And I said, oh, my gosh, well, I can't do that. I'm on Z100. Like, I'm on a syndicated morning show across the country. Like, you know, this is just, uh, there's no way I can do it. And then I spoke to my husband. And I said to my husband, I was like, you know, it's all I've ever wanted to do. Ever since I was a little girl in Ohio, I always dreamed about being on television, you know. And I said, I don't want to live my life wondering What if, you know what I mean? Like, what if I would have taken that job? You know, because there was really two separate roads. I mean, I was working at Z with one of the most, I mean, really, honestly, he is a legend, Elvis Duran. Yes. Learning every single day from this man and from our team. 
And it was a big, big deal for me to leave. It was a very heartbreaking deal. And I and Elvis had a very close personal relationship. And I said to him, you know, I, I just have the utmost respect for you. And I need to let you know kind of where my head is at. And um, and he said, go. He said, do it. It was a very difficult decision. I would never trade it for the world, even though the show got canceled. And, you know, there were a number of things that happened while I was at CBS that, you know, really taught me a lot of things in the back of my mind. I'm like, this is what I went to school for, to have the opportunity to work in the number one market on a morning show that's brand new and have me be one of the faces of it. Like it's all I'd ever dreamed of. So I had to do it. I, lo- I mean, I loved it. I, oh, I know yeah, it was like, a good show. It was a good show. The 12 people that watched, it was an amazing show. Okay. They gave us zero marketing. Um, you know, no, there were a number of things that like, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would have like gotten it in the contract and writing, but you know, you live and you learn, you learn, you do, you do. Definitely. You guys were just like so much fun to be with. And yeah. It was always great energy. And it was early in the morning. Like you had to be there early again. Oh yeah. And it was just, I don't know. I loved it. The and vibe was so great. And yeah. having done television before you go into some of these studios and you're like oh man yeah. this is not good yeah. like wow like you'll see the people smiling when the camera's on and then when the cameras go up they're like looking at their papers they don't even have a relationship it's not happy place. john elliott and i were constantly pulling jokes on each other the hair and makeup girls and i got along like uh lisa and i were constantly talking about our kids like we had we got pregnant around the same time oh, what oh are the god, chances I remember that oh my yes. god yes so like it was pregnant just, hormonal women. like seriously we said we looked like dumplings like at that point we were so pregnant we, we just looked at each other we're like we look like humpty dumpty right now like what is going on we're like the worst like but you went we went through it together and it was a really beautiful experience but yeah, it was unfortunately canceled. But there was a ton of hard work and effort that was put in by everybody on that team. So I was I'm super proud of it. I'll never ever be ashamed that I did that. When it was canceled, was that something that was heartbreaking for you? Did you start to get terrified? Did you know where what you were going to do next? Where you were going? No. <laughs> um I'll tell you the honest to god truth and I say this to everybody, it was probably one of the most humiliating experiences of my life. It was devastating. We did not see it coming. There was no, like, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're at a gig and you're like, oh, my time is almost up here. I feel it. You know? I feel it. Yeah. Never any indication of it. We were surprised. At the end of a show, uh, the news director came in and said, well, that was your last show. Yeah. No, it was very out abrupt. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Like, it was right before Memorial Day weekend. And I suffer from anxiety. So um, I immediately felt like my palms start sweating. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, my hands started shaking. And um, they started taking everybody to HR. And I said, I have to go to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom and I went in the bathroom stall and I called my husband and I told him, I said, I I could barely even get the words out. I said, our show just got canceled. And my husband, who God bless him, he is the best thing that's ever happened to me. He said, get it together. And don't sign a thing. And 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 honestly, and he goes, I love you. You're going to be okay. And we hung up the phone because I didn't have time. Like everybody was like marching down HR. And that's where I like found my voice. I found my courage. And I said to them, you can give me a packet. I'm not signing anything. I'm calling my agent and we can discuss this later. The reason why I'm being a little bit more detailed about it is because you don't know how to deal in certain situations. I had never been fired before, you know, or canceled because it was all of us. Right. And I didn't know how to approach it. You know, I mean, I had been 
very successful in my career from this time that I started. And so I just thought to myself, oh my God, I just made the biggest mistake. Why did I leave a nationally syndicated show where I was making so much money and I was like so happy and I had all of these opportunities and now I came to this local show and now they canceled me. Nobody's ever going to hire me. I had a five month old baby at home. I went to my house and I, when I tell you, bawled my eyes out. And then it was like the next day, I think it was, I think it was a Saturday or where was, I think it was a Saturday or something. It was on the back of the daily news, Bermuda's out of a job and it had my picture and I just thought, fuck, it's like, it's crazy. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, I, I was, I was shocked. I remember just like, I don't know if maybe you put it up on Instagram or someone put it up or mm-hmm. something. And I was just like, this is crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just felt like it was, there was so much impact and maybe because everyone was so involved in it and there were more and more people coming on it. I felt like there was a lot of momentum. There was. Building. And that's so why we good. were yeah. surprised because we were like, oh my gosh, but wait, we thought things were going well. We were getting like, you know, I mean, we weren't getting the best numbers, truth be told, but we were getting some traction there like for a show that had zero promotion zero marketing like we really worked our asses off to promote the show and there are some behind the scenes things that our hands were tied I wasn't allowed to go out and promote as much as I would have liked to so there was a lot of things there that you know we could have done differently but yeah then I am a true believer I'm a Catholic but I have a really spiritual relationship with God and I I have this book that I read every morning it's called Jesus Calling and one of the passages stood out to me and it just said You have to have faith. You have to have blind faith and understand that God's going to take care of you. And it's not up to you. Like your future isn't up to you. Your future is in his hands. And I remember reading that and think to myself, like, it's going to be okay. Like I have to collect myself. I was fielding phone calls from friends and family members and, Oh, that had to be oh a my lot. God. It was a lot. It was, it was so overwhelming. You're processing yourself. People are asking questions and you're like, I just need to step away. And for I a did. Yeah. yeah. And I turned off the phone. I told my, my family, I said, look, I, I just have to turn off my phone. Don't think anything's wrong with me. Like I just need some time. And so that's where I kind of just like dove in with my husband and my baby. And we just like, they were the ones who lifted me up at that point. And then when I turned my phone on, I got a phone call from my dear friend Cubby. This was like a week later. And he wanted to say, you know, he was so sorry about what happened. But would you ever think about coming back to radio again? And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I got another phone call from another company. It was just, you know, the way that it happened. Oh, no, I think the other company called first and then Cubby. It was so, like, full circle. Because at a time where I felt like, oh, my gosh, my world is coming down. It's never going to be okay. And I turned my phone back on. Those two things happened right after the show was canceled. And I knew it it was going to be fine. It's all yeah. going to be fine. I mean, that it was also... Sorry, you know, I get we, emotional. I, I can't even talk right I'm now. Like, we oh. cry every time. Every time. <laughs> you know, every it's time so hard. someone I like cries. I like pit sweat, everything. I'm like so nervous. <laughs> oh, not at all. No, we cry every time oh. and we, we cry all the time together too. So oh, I cry not, alone. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. fine. <laughs> like we are, yeah, it's very cathartic to like right. get it out. I cried this weekend like three times. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me because I always say that we can't see it when we're in it, right? Right. But the world gives you, God gives you everything you need mm-hmm. to 100%. get exactly what you want ultimately, even when you can't even define what it is that you fully 
want yet. Like, so things will leave you and you think, oh, no, 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 that's the thing I wanted. Right. And then something else comes along. And you're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. He was this looking out for me. Like, that wasn't what me. was meant to be. And yeah. it's so true. There were a couple of jobs that I was up for um, prior to leaving Z100. I just remember saying to my husband, I was like, what is it? Like, why can't I get this job? It's the only thing that I've ever wanted. And I was like auditioning and, you know, doing. And after I went back to that place and that's where I witnessed a lot of the backseat. And I said, oh, OK, good looking out. Like, thank you thank for you. not giving me that. Right. Thank you for letting me go to another place right. and to discover something else about my, you know what I mean, about my profession or about myself. So it's a learning experience. And absolutely. it's like I, for, for you and I, like we're all very similar in that we always want to do a great job. We yeah. always want to be Remember perfectionists. We're it's perfectionists. Horrible. Yes, it's we horrible. are. Yeah. It's so bad. It's, it's so hard. And it's it eats so, at yeah. us sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, and I, I, for me, I try to, we try to stay away from like, where is this going to go? Where is this going to be in the future? In like six months, where will we be? But it's hard not to look at that sometimes when you're like with everybody, with actors in a show, mm -hmm. how many years is their show going to be on the air? Right. Like all the daytime talk show hosts too. How long are their, what, how long is their career going to last? It's like, true. And things are going to have an ending, but I also, we all look at that because there's going to be another place. There's going to be another beginning. Always. Always. It's the truth. So then, okay, that happened. <laughs> you dealt with it. I did. You, you know, you took some time for yourself. I did. And now you came back to the now co-hosting and like, headlining yes. this morning show yes. on 103.5 KTU. Yeah. So how was that like being in, and right now you guys, we are not in the apartment just as a reminder <laughs> to you. We're actually in Carolina's studio. Yes. So this gear is much more advanced than oh, we're, we're, I was ashamed. Yeah, don't happens. worry. I don't know what half of those buttons do. Okay. I don't push them. They don't, they don't let me like, they're like, no, we need the station to stay on the air. Let Cubby touch the buttons. Yes. Okay, okay, honey, you just sit there. <laughs> you talk. You, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how was it like being on now a different network mm -hmm. and, you know, essentially I know that also Z100 is in the same building. It's our sister station. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it was that, did it feel a little different for you? Were you just like trying to, to take it all in and. It was a little awkward. I'll be honest, because I mean, we're a cluster here. There are five different stations that are in this building, um, actually on the same floor. So we're a family of stations. And when I say family, I mean it like you see people like Jim Kerr outside every day. Jim Kerr, by the way, legend in radio. I mean, let's just put it this way. Howard Stern shouts out Jim Kerr. OK, so yeah. like this is a dude that I get to see every day when I come into work. Elvis Duran, who I mentioned before, Z100, all of my old co-workers literally down the hall power 105 the breakfast club Charlemagne the god one of my very dear friends light fm there are so many like insanely talented people in this building but it was awkward for me you know what i mean like i the first day i walked in i got out of the elevator and i went to the right and that's where z100 is like oh shit i gotta go this way like, <laughs> you know what i mean right. so um but no i was so excited because radio has become just part of who i am and i'm so grateful for that and the opportunity and the timing couldn't have been better they were looking to make some changes the fact that i got canceled at that time was the biggest blessing think about it here i am wallowing in all of my like sadness and i'm feeling like i'm a failure and then all of a sudden this opportunity comes up and I couldn't be more grateful. So yeah, it was, it was very awkward at first because I felt like, you know, even though I maintained relationships with some of my coworkers over at Z, it was still like, gosh, you know, coming back in, I, I thought were people judging me? Were people hoping that I would fail? And, and then I thought about it and I was like, we all want to win here. You know what I mean? Like a win for one is a win for the others. So it's like, 
why not come in and just have the best attitude and just be positive and hopeful and I get to work with my best friend like Cubby and I are brother and sister like seriously today I was thinking about something and he was like oh you stopped there because you thought that I was gonna say and I'm like oh my god get out of my head I was like stop it right now yeah so yeah I, I came to KTU about five years ago and um, I'm, I'm so, so in love with this show and what we get to do every single day and our listeners. It's very different from what I did before. Being on a syndicated show, you're speaking to the masses. So you're speaking to the southern part of the country. You're speaking to the Midwest. You're speaking to New York still. You know, mm-hmm. um, the only thing that we didn't have was West Coast because that was, I believe at that time, Ryan Seacrest. Or he still is, yeah. He's, um, ev- he's everything. So. He's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so now I really got to hone in on New York, which is my home, which is everything to me. I met the love of my life here. I had my babies here, you know. So um, it's been an incredible experience, yeah. Anytime I talk about them, I'll start getting teary-eyed, yeah. so don't make me. <laughs> we understand that. We understand that. We wanted to also know, through this whole experience, like any notable memories that you can tell our neighbors or give our neighbors that maybe just like a fun celebrity tidbit or... I'm trying to think. Anything um, that you were like, oh my God. Uh, well, I mean, it's just, you know what it is? It's so funny because because we have the five different stations here or six with news radio. You never know who you're going to see in the hallway. The other day, I walked to Light FM. They had uh, puppies to adopt, and Brian Adams was there. Like I was like Brian Adams, puppies and Brian. I said I was like, why is this my lucky day? Like you know, it's magic. I know. And then it's like you go down to. I was going to the restroom one day, and I'm like, I see G Easy walking out of the men's bathroom, and and then it's like you know, over at Z. Normally, Z and KTU share a lot of the same artists. We had recently like Jennifer Lopez, Cardi B came through. I like almost attacked her she was like do I need a restraining order like okay. what is going on I love Cardi <laughs> me too I can't you get off her Instagram is a national treasure it is <laughs> seriously yeah she is we need to protect her we, we need to protect Cardi B please she's and very the city important. girls yeah yes. so um but no it's just that's the thing you never know what's going to happen here at work one day Justin Timberlake this was back when Trolls was coming out I remember he came through and it's like hi I'm wearing Uggs and I have my hair in a scrunchie on top of my head nice to see you you know what I mean it's like you always have to be prepared You kind of have to be on your A-game. You never know who you're going to run into. I'm cool around actors and actresses and other celebrities. I don't get really affected by it. Right. Musicians. Yeah. I'm not cool at all. I'm literally, I geek out. It's so true. But, you know, at this stage of my career, I wish I could tell you that it doesn't happen to me anymore. It still does because I'm a fan. Like Mariah Carey. I did this extensive post and Mark was like, you're giving people too much information. I said to him, I got I got a spray tan. I got to shave my legs. I'm going to tweeze myself. I said, I got to get right for my girl. Like, yeah. got to take care of this mustache because uh, yeah. this is not cute, honey. Like, It's just respectful of J-Lo. Oh, no. Mariah. Mariah. Oh, sorry. Mariah. Yeah. No, yeah. both of them. You, yes. But yeah, it's like, you know what? I mean, and J-Lo is just so lovely. Like, like, oh, you know, but it's and, and by the way, I'm saying this so. like it's not like I have their phone numbers or anything, but like that's the reason why I say I'm a true fan. And you know what? When I'm a true fan of someone, I'm going to big them up. I'm going to talk about them and I'm going to act just like you because that's what it is. If I was too cool for school, that's not me being authentic. You yeah. know, no, I mean, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate, I mean, you're not like, oh my 
Yeah. No, like, and there are some where I'm more excited than yes, others, you know, but for me, I'm living my dream. Yeah. So why wouldn't I react the way that I naturally would? Are you, you kidding? Know? Like hosting some of these music festivals. Yeah. Like all these artists from Jingle Ball to, yes. what is it, Euphoria? What is it called? Oh, KT Euphoria. Yeah, KT yes. Euphoria. Yeah. Well, we had Jingle Ball, KT Euphoria, the iHeartRadio Music Festival in Las Vegas, oh, which yeah, is just that. honestly, it's iHeart, and I'm not just saying this because I'm an employee because I've been employed by other companies the best company in the world when it comes to entertainment. I, hands down. I that mean, fight me on is, it. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> no, they're the only company that can get this many artists together from so many different genres to show up in Vegas for two nights every single year. And they blow it out every single year. They always top themselves. So that's like really hard to do. Yeah. And they do an impeccable job. It's, I mean, speaking of being put together, like you are totally put together, articulate. And like, <laughs> I mean, gorgeous, sunny. Oh, and, and like know. warm and welcoming and you said you battle with anxiety a little yeah, bit how I do. do you deal with that it's difficult you never know if for anybody who suffers from anxiety or depression you never I know when you're gonna get hit yeah you know and it could be anything could trigger you I do a lot of reading self-help um, breathing meditation I had been medicated in the past and I chose to not take medication Me anymore too. Yeah, I wouldn't suggest for all people. I would right. obviously say check with your doctor, go through the right channels if you would like be interested in doing that. You know, it's a lot of mental exercises and it's a lot to handle. You know, I mean, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a career woman. I have a lot of things that I juggle. So naturally the anxiety creeps up at different points. I do my best to kind of keep it in check. Do you have like one trick or tool that you use when something starts to happen that this you is going to sound so dumb yeah it's breathing it's literally taking the moment going into a bathroom stall and doing my breathing practices I remember when I used to get anxiety attacks and I remember that feeling of like your chest coming together and it's like just and I think you know what it is it's like a fist in the middle of your chest once I started getting a grip on it and getting a handle that's the first thing that I do I excuse myself from the situation I go to a place where I can do some breathing and I come back in and I get my mind right it's amazing (laughs) <laughs> thank you though for sharing that no of course no, I'm very honest about it you know yeah. I mean it's something that you shouldn't be ashamed of it's not it's nothing that you ask for yeah, you didn't will it upon <laughs> exactly <yourself. laughs> I know yeah so it just is there's if grass it's a tool green. absolutely and if it's a tool that can help other people I, I'm happy to share and you mentioned too like you have a husband you have two kids at home like your job doesn't stop at 10 a.m. when no. the show goes off the air how do you do, do you it all sleep? yeah do you ever rarely sleep? no and that's not a good thing so what I will say is the best kept secret in this industry is working mornings because you get to start well you don't get to but you have to start your day earlier than others but you do get to be there for your children when they come home from school when they have their after school activities you know I've always said I will never compromise my family for my career at this stage of my life I'm 40 I'm about to turn 41 I have always said like I'd never want my boys to say gosh my mom wasn't there you know so I do the best that I can there are some things and that's part of them understanding what life is too and what responsibilities are but if I can be there I will be there so I get off the air at 10 a.m. But like people have this big misconception that I get to like skip home at 10. Like, no, honey, that ain't the way it works. There's meetings, there's clients, there's TV appearances still, which I still manage to do sometimes. There's uh, the podcast with Honey German, Life in Spanglish that I that I do. You know, there's a lot of other things that happen. Oh, and by the way, I'm also managing these two little humans, you know, that I have at home. So they love their after school activities. They have 
Spanish, dance, tennis, soccer, baseball. So I'm that mom. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't want it any other way. I will be honest. I do have a nanny. We're very fortunate that we have a nanny, but she doesn't drive. So really... She's there to be at home base. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's more of like if one of them gets sick and needs to come home, there's somebody there to take care of them until I get there. But the majority of the responsibility falls on my shoulders. Yeah. But you are like lists, organization. How do you keep it? Yeah. Like alarms. I I was with one of my girlfriends the other day. She had 90 alarms going off. Okay. I was with her. Right now. Hold on. Let me tell you what my alarm says. One says, better get your ass up and hurry. (laughs) That is a ice cube line. That's every weekday at 3.55. It literally says it on her phone. Then at 3.55, if I want to sleep in, you can do it. Put your back into it. Yes. So So that is what I see every single morning because that's just the way I have to be. So yeah. It's amazing. I have to start putting <laughs> reminders on my alarms. For real. I name my alarms. Gear. Absolutely. Yes. So smart. There's one that I put in. I'm like, shake your tail feather. Let's go. Like, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, those are like little mental tools that I use for myself because it pumps me up. It's like, you know what? Like you get to live this day. You get to go out there and wake up New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. You get to be at your kid's Mother's Day tea. It is not lost on me that a lot of this stuff that I get to do, I am super blessed and I'm grateful, you know, so I never, ever, I think that gratitude is a huge part of why my life is the way that it is. I'm grateful for the opportunities. I'm grateful for the friendships. I'm grateful for my relationships. I think there's something that that really, really true about it. Like if you're a grateful person, beautiful things happen. I notice when I get into like little ruts, mm-hmm. I forget that I've chosen every single thing that I get to do, right? Absolutely. I'm like, oh, I have to get up again tomorrow. Oh my gosh, it never ends. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Right, right, right. Hold on, hold on. I chose on. all yep. this and these are all things that I want. Absolutely. You prayed for them. And yes. that's what I always say. It's like, how could I reject something that I prayed for? You know, it's like with any opportunity, like sometimes I'm dog tired, I'm exhausted. But then I always say like, you prayed for this. How could you ever deny you know when that's why a lot of the times when opportunities come up I say yes and my husband's like you overextend yourself and I say no it's not that I'm overextending myself it's that one day these opportunities won't be there for me and I never want to look back and be like "Ah, I should have done this or I should have done that because when that day comes I'm going to be fulfilled and I'm going to say I did it and I did it to the best of my ability I I knew you were going to touch on this I had like you know I was just because you do so much I and do, yeah. you it's like coming from the show or you're, then you go to the today show you're, you're going from yeah. thing to thing you're flying to LA and you're taking the red eye back or even recording in your room I think you I set did. up stations yeah. in your room before yep I have equipment to take with me when I do the talk and I'll wake up at two in the morning to do my show so I don't miss my morning show and then I'll have to get ready go to the talk and do their show as a guest co-host you know right, when I right. had the opportunity to do it and I'm like hell yeah I'm gonna do it you know what I mean like I'll make it work absolutely yeah. absolutely Absolutely. Have you ever said no? Um, Where it's just been like... You know, I have. Okay. I have. I've chosen the things that I've said no to. And um, I don't have any regrets. I've actually looked back on some of the things and I've seen the other people who are doing them. I wish them well, but they weren't the right fit for me. Is it a guttural thing that you can feel inside Mm -hmm. when you're like, this is just not right for me? Mm -hmm. Instinct. And I know that I don't want to put myself in a position where I let myself down or anybody else down. Like, I'm truly committed to my word. If I commit to something, I'm going to finish it. But I don't want to make everybody else miserable. So I'll say no. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of thought. You have to like really think things through. 
But um, you were asking me before about like how I get organized and things yeah. like that. Sunday is prep night. Sunday, I go through, I look at the weather. This is hilarious. My husband thinks I'm like nutso. I look at the weather for the week. I plan my boys' outfits for the week. They're in a drawer. So Monday through Friday, they're all set up. There are no questions. Like, I don't want to hear, you are, let me be your stylist. Like, trust me, I got you, you know? And then for my nanny, because, um, and yes, it's a little bit over the top. I, I agree. But because I'm not there, nutrition is a big, big part of, who I am and the reason why I have the fuel and the energy to do a lot of the things that I do. So I'm not there to make them breakfast. So I'll plan out their breakfast for the week and tell her like what I want them to eat. I plan out their snacks. And then when they're at school, they get their school lunch or whatever. And then um, I mostly think about like what I'm going to plan for dinner. Have to go to the grocery store on Sunday to get everything that I need for that week. I really only cook like three or four nights a week, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Like Fridays is always pizza. Sometimes we'll go out. It takes a lot of thought. It does in planning. We want to get into the podcast in one second. Yes. Before that, I wanted to ask you when you made that decision to have kids, because I'm at that point right now, just like I, you know, I have baby fever. Oh, baby fever. I just want to hold all the babies. Oh my gosh. Keep the babies. No, my ovaries were exploding. Like seriously, I couldn't see a baby without like getting that like yearning feeling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But but it's like, it's that, but it's also like, it's nerve wracking a little bit and just thinking how am I going to manage it all right. and, and do it and you still have it. it? You just do you it. You just do it. There is no right time. And I don't want to sound like one of these people that's like, you know, a self-help person or whatever. There's just, there's always something that can prevent you from having a child, but there is nothing. There is nothing like going home and seeing this human that you created. I mean, it is one of the most magnificent things. And we as women get to experience it on another level. Yes, it's awesome to be a father, I'm sure. I couldn't tell you I'm not a dude. But like (laughs) being a mother is one of the most magical, special things that I've ever experienced in my life. And the fact that I got to do it with two children. There are so many women who struggle with infertility. I didn't know. When we started trying, I was 34, 35, I think, when I had Noah. Mm -hmm. Um, And already I was geriatric. But at that point, I said to my husband, I was like, we'll never know unless we start trying. And we did. And we were one of the lucky ones that we got to have our baby without any complications or difficulties. But what I'll say to you is it isn't easy. It's not an easy thing, but you can still be a career woman and have a child. You know, I mean, that's part of being like a modern day woman. You do get to have the best of both worlds. You might not be able to do everything you want to do, but your family to me, my family is everything. They're the most important part of my life. So, you know, I, I would honestly just tell people who want to have children, you got to try. Yeah. You, you have to try it and you got to see, oh, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I believe like I, I know that I'm going to still have my career too. And I, that's Absolutely. my, those are my aspirations right. to continue that and yeah. keep it going. Well, you never know but where your career I, can branch off after totally. you have a child. Look at all of the, the mommy bloggers and the oh, mommy influencers. My kids are going to be styled and, left and right. I'll yeah. Have those exactly. Kids. See, my kids don't want to have anything to do with it. You right. know what but I mean? They're so the best. Oh, they're adorable. Don't get me started. Oh my gosh. My so kids. Keep, um, like no, you I get s- lost sometimes in her stories. I'm like, I don't care what Carolina does. Her kids though. They're so much more entertaining than I am. Like the way and, Spanish, English yes. talking. And it's like, who are these little guys? They're, They're two little white boys that speak Spanish. And it's the most amazing thing. Like that is a struggle. I will tell you. One of the most important things to me was making sure that they understand that they are Latino. So it's challenging because I don't speak Spanish on an everyday basis. I really don't. But 
I committed to as soon as I could do a mommy and me with them for Spanish. They have a Spanish teacher. We take a two hour class in immersion workshop. You know, I think it's especially now. I mean, I we won't get political or anything, but I think especially now it's good for them to know what their identity is and to be helpful of others. So they complain. Don't get me wrong. They hate it. <laughs> you know, but I say to them. When you're on spring break and you're in college and you can speak Spanish, you're going to be thanking me, okay? I don't want to think about what you're going to be doing. Yeah, but <laughs> don't tell me anything. La, 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 la. But, you know, I think that it will be beneficial to them in the future. So. Yeah, and as leaders and as lucky. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it's part of who they are. It's in their DNA. And I always remind them of that. I'm like, you know, nosotros somos Latino. And, and Asher and Noah say, yo soy Nicaragüense. And I'm like, that's true. So they know who they are. They got it's, the it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You also recently started a podcast. Yes. With Honey German Life in Spanglish. Yes. We love this title. Yes. Uh, it's such a great title. It was a collaboration, but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yes. no. I, but uh, we're loving the concept. We're starting to listen to. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. And, you know, there's like tons of stuff out there, but we're like, we got to get, get to Carolita's podcast. I appreciate that. But, like, can you tell some of our listeners that maybe haven't heard yet what the concept, what it's all about? So basically, I told you guys a little bit about it. I'm Nicaraguan, but I was born and raised in Ohio in a predominantly white community. Uh, Honey German was born and raised here in New York, Washington Heights, Harlem, like near Harlem. And like, we couldn't be any more different. But the one thing that ties us together is our upbringing, the culture. So there are so many things that we talk about. We're like, did you, did your mom do this? Did your mom listen to this? And, and it really brought us together. And we thought, what a great collaboration, because there are those people like me who aren't as connected as we'd like to be. I mean, I love who I am. I love my upbringing. I love the fact that, you know, I'm Nicaraguan. I've gone back. I've helped build orphanages. I mean, I, I really, truly would love to see Nicaragua get to a place where other people could appreciate the beauty of it. Honey is so different from who I am. And so we thought there are so many other people out there that could connect with that. And maybe we can help other people connect with their cultures by bringing it together. So, you know, it's not just about like Spanish things or Latin, you know, our upbringing, but we talk about current day things and things that affect us being a mother, her not being a mom, you know, her being a career woman, some of the things that I've seen in my career. So we really want to give people the information and pass along the message. And we're two strong women that can work together. That is the big message. So many women bring each other down and I just don't understand it. You know, if I can help support, I'm down. But there's this selfishness in this industry that, you know, it won't go away. And we're not going to get any better unless we help each other. Exactly. There's not a limited number of spaces. No. Like, Create your own lane. Right. And if too, you want to work, you know? there's always going to be work. Absolutely. Like if you're going to put your head down and work, like I, yeah, I, I was in fucking Phoenix yesterday. You right. know what? That was where the money was. So Absolutely. I was there. You got to go. I have to go. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. You know, and back here today because this is what I love to do. Oh, and this is what we wanted. You here. guys are so fun. Oh my God. I feel like, did I talk too much? You, no. no. Am I like, well, I mean, I, my son called me a chatterbox the other day and I was like, for real? Oh wow. my gosh. Like you're really labeling me as a chatterbox. It's like mom talks for a living. I'm this like, is... you couldn't be more spot on though, by the yeah. way. <laughs> so he definitely knows me. We cannot thank you enough for sharing oh, all that you my shared gosh, with us today. We've learned so much. You're an incredible human oh. and we can't wait to see what you do next. Oh, we actually you. do believe in the power of saying something out loud these goals you have in 10 years, is yes. there anything you can share with us that you're Absolutely. Upset, like you, you're thinking about? Yeah. You know, I believe in 10 years, um, ideally I would like to see a, uh, uh, 
TV show that's geared toward Latinas. I don't think there's enough representation. You know, I always go back to who I saw when I was growing up, and there was one person, and it was Daisy Fuentes. Yeah, Daisy. Daisy Fuentes on MTV. She was the only person that I could look up to, and I would like to be a part of the movement of other women that can influence the next generation. Um, You know, whether it's working in television, whether it's mentoring, going behind the scenes, uh, consulting. Um, And I'd honestly, like, this is my one goal that I don't know... I don't know how to go about it, but I would like to be a goodwill ambassador to the country of Nicaragua because it is, there's a lot of political devastation that's happening right now. I still have family members that live there and I would like to use my influence in some way for good. I don't know if that's exactly it, but I'd like to figure out how. I just got chills. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I know that's going to happen. Well, you know what? You have to manifest and you yeah. have to have a vision and I do and I'm hopeful. That's it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank-